Welcome to the podcast, lady and gent. Welcome back, people. So, we rounded out our series last week of rankings for local businesses. Yeah. And we thought we would start our new series with some interviews. Yes. the Not to be confused with the movie with Seth Rogen, but an actual interview with people. Same, same, but different. Same, same. <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen the interview, you know. Marge, you want to start with uh, introducing both of them? Yeah, so um, I have the privilege of introducing these two because I probably know them better than anyone else in this room um, or in this computerverse. But we have this week two of my business partners. Um, so we have Alexis Naska and Kyle Clifford. And we're going to be talking with them today just a little bit about what they do um, with IFS, you know, their backgrounds, how they've gotten into the field, and yeah, just kind of getting to know them. Um, I know a lot of you are familiar with these guys, but I think it'll be a good opportunity to really hear, you know, their stories and their experiences. So, story time with Carol and Marge. Story time with Carol and Marge. So, <laughs> Kyle and Alexis, welcome, guys. Hello. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. So we'll, I guess, get started with um, Alexis just asking you, um, how did you get started? What do well, what do you do? So what is your position and how did you get to that position? So I play, I play all day. (laughs) That's about it. No, (laughs) I get that. Yeah, we, we all get that. So I run our softball facility, IFS Softball. Um, I've been a part of IFS since I was a sophomore in college, and um, I started there as an athlete. Then I asked Tom, can I do my internship here? He said, yes, of course. I did my internship there. He said, do you want a job? I said, yes. (laughs) And then... I worked there for a little bit, and then um, I partnered, and we opened IFS Softball. So, <laughs> just started from the bottom, and now we at the top. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Drake. It's, I mean, it's interesting, because you've really had every position in the facility. Yeah. Um, from athlete all the way up to now a partner. And, you know, in, with both of you guys... Um, you each are in a position where you wear multiple hats right now in both an ownership role and a site management role. And Kyle, who we'll get to in a second, he takes it even further with managing two branches. Um, but I think it's really cool with Alexis because you've experienced it from all parts of the hierarchy of business. Um, obviously it's grown a lot since you have started and, you know, softball has just exploded. But um, but it's cool to you know look back and see see that that's where you had started. So Kyle, what about you? How did you get to where you are? Yeah, so I actually met Tom. He was actually one of my professors uh, when I was attending Damon College. Uh, so I met him that's through that. Uh, he was mm-hmm. my neuro teacher. So that was interesting in of itself. Um, but he obviously the first time I met him kind of explained to us how he was opening up a new gym and he was looking for strength coaches at the time. And I just thought it was a bunch of fluff. Uh, I just thought he wanted to kind of talk about how, how, you know, how he was opening up his new place. 
And uh, a couple months later, he obviously sent me an email, uh, said he was interested in me uh, starting there. So I actually started there as a, as a uh, student uh, back in 2014 as just a strength coach. Um, and so that was really fun. Uh, so it was a really awesome job, obviously, to have while I was a student. And Kyle, you were my coach. I was. Yeah. I was Alexis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, small world there. Um, so I used to yell at Alexis all the time. But, you know. The good, the good type of yelling. But, um, and then, yeah, and after that, uh, I graduated from Damon, and I actually got a job from Damon, offer from Damon. So I took that, and I was full-time there. So I took a small hiatus, but then came back, and obviously now I run two branches, um, basketball and team training. So I, you know, I obviously run basketball. We just opened up a brand-new facility that we didn't get to really showcase yet, but really excited to open up once uh you know COVID-19 situation is all resolved and then team training is essentially uh, we have privates and groups and teams come in and it's just uh sports performance work um with with those types of, of groups and uh so that's kind of how I got through into this position and uh, now we're here and uh yeah yeah I guess you know with with you Kyle not technically but theoretically you were the the strength coach that's been there the longest, but there was that gap in between. So I guess yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm the one that's been there the longest. longest. There's, there's no dispute, actually. <laughs> so there's, there's actually no asterisk. It's just uh, I've been there the longest, and that's pretty much it. I mean, that, that is why he has a house of balls. No, there's no yeah. hands or butts. It's just I've been here the longest. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's funny. But Maggie will never let me live it down. But I will never <laughs> let you live it down. She knows, she knows deep down, um, you know. The longest, <laughs> the longest tenure in IFS besides Tom. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, after that third year, he got that, uh, you know, Tom came in, oversaw a class, and gave him that tenured position. No. Oh, yeah. All right, right away. Right away. <laughs> it's funny with... Well, the, first, uh, the first day of my internship, literally the first day I worked with the first, like, the first woman that was in, he goes, yeah, when you're done, like, you're going to have a job. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of how Tom is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because aside from Alexis, the rest of us have had him as a professor. So I we, was going to say, I didn't think Alexis has had him as a no, professor. No, just as a, an internship supervisor. But we've all had him in some way. In some educational yeah. educational way. Yeah. But, oh, Tom. We'll, have, we'll have him on here some, yeah, sometime. sometime. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that Carly had a couple questions for you guys. So I got questions. I got four questions for the both of you. We'll go ladies first and then Kyle. Um, <laughs> and uh, so as an athlete, Alexis, who was your biggest influence when you were an athlete in college? Because if I'm not mistaken, both of you were athletes in college. Us, uh, am I going to say Oswego, right? Yes. And then like Damon, right? Or Madai. Madai. No, Damon. No, Damon? Yeah, he was a Damon. Damon. Okay. Yeah. So, as an athlete, who, when you were playing in college, who was your biggest influence? Oh, jeez. Well, that's a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> you can pass and let Kyle go first, and then we can well, come back. So, every, every single softball player, every young girl that likes softball knows who Jenny Finch is. Well, and Jenny you Finch spoiled one of my other questions, Alexis. 
That's part of your other questions? Well, that was one of my other questions. I am somewhat versed in softball. Who is Jenny Finch? <laughs> Who's Jenny Finch, Carly? She, uh, she's like the best softball pitcher around, right? Like, ever. Okay, so she, she's like, how do I explain it? She was the first really, like, face of softball. Yeah, well, that's... That, all right, well, I guess we can skip to that question then because I literally said, besides Jenny Finch, who else should I know in women's softball? It was literally my question okay, so, for you. Okay, we'll move on to that, that question. Uh, right now, there's Sierra Romero, there's Lauren Chamberlain, she just retired, um, but like there's Kat Osterman, she's a pitcher, um, there's Monica Abbott, another mm. pitcher. Um, there's, oh my gosh, if you guys are on Twitter and you are in sports Twitter at all, you probably know the name Haley Cruz. She's a, I have heard of that name. She's an outfielder for Oregon and she's hilarious. And she's, she's another big name, just like a face of softball, I guess right now. Um, there's, I mean, there's so many names and like, I feel like they're all important because there's all these professional players, but there's only like six professional teams. So like, they're all important yeah. and they're all yeah. role models. Like you can't, like, it's like, there's so many professional male athletes and you can be like, Oh, you know, there's all these athletes. Like, who do you kind of admire? And I say that I would admire every single female athlete, every single professional Absolutely. softball player. You know, if there's, if there's nine girls on the field and there's six teams, that's not a lot of girls. Yeah. Well, I guess that is another question I had, and I guess you're just kind of segueing into that. You oh know, we all know there's that the, we all know that the WNBA. <laughs> you know, I I'm very familiar with the WNBA. It's on ESPN. Um, how come softball doesn't have women's softball? I should say doesn't have that same kind of platform yeah platform notoriety like i you saying that there are professional teams I, that's the first i've ever heard of that honestly besides the olympics yeah so um i i would say that college softball is bigger than professional softball um like the women's college world series is huge like i yeah. think i mean i don't don't quote me on this or anything but we're quoting it <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how accurate this is, but I'm pretty sure now, like, softball and these big-time, like, D1 schools, it's it's actually a money-making sport. Well, yeah, I mean, like, what, LSU, Texas, I know are huge ones. Um, I, I don't know of any other big, big softball schools besides those two. UCLA. UCLA. Oklahoma, Alabama, Florida, Oregon. So kind of like big schools, like in general for like football programs, would yeah. also like Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC, um, all those types of SEC would still be like pretty large in the softball realm. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Cool. Well, I guess that didn't really answer the first question, but you <laughs> gave me an answer to two other questions. You answered all of the other questions. <laughs> We're just gonna. I mean, I. There's, I don't know, there's so many players that I admire. Yeah. And the, the funny thing is, like, a lot of them are my age. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're all my age or younger, and I, like, really admire all of them. I mean, Jenny Finch, she's older. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and she's retired from the game now, but she does some like broadcasting and she's she does camps. When I was thirteen, I was gonna I say to, you did a camp say, with her, didn't you? I got to meet her. Yeah. Wow. wow. That was the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I got to hold her gold medal. That's really? pre- that's pretty cool. Yeah. I was gonna say because Jenny Finch was like bigger than than life from when I was growing up. I mean, like when I was younger in high school and middle school, like she was like. When you think of women's sports, it was like Serena Williams, Jenny Finch. I mean, yeah. that that was pretty much what was going on, at least from what I remember watching ESPN. Yeah, yeah she was huge. Yeah. And I think she really helped, aside from Serena Williams, obviously, that era of female athletes mm-hmm. really helped kind of put women's athletics yeah. in the spotlight and kind of... You know, trailblazed yeah. into what athletics for women in particular is now. Could have been Marion Jones, but then she got doped. Yeah. Oh, Could well. But. All right, Mr. Kyle, as when you were an athlete, who was your biggest influence? Oof. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think it's a great question really for any athlete because I think every athlete out there always has someone or maybe, you know, obviously multiple people like Alexis, you know, that they look up to. Yeah. Um, I think the first one that comes to my mind is, and I'm sure, you know, again, a lot of athletes have this this similar uh, answer, but like my dad, <laughs> yeah. uh, he was he was a, a really good athlete, a, you know, himself. And I always just, I would always want to compete with him. You know, obviously all of our backyard games mm-hmm. and, you know, one-on-ones, basketball, he was also my coach growing up until obviously high school and you know I used to play golf with all of him and his friends and they would always talk about you know how, how you know how well he played in high school and you know we kind of always went back and forth and that always motivated me and just the way that my dad kind of carried himself you know whether it was when he was coaching or you know, when he was coaching me and, and kind of just explaining things and how to teach me go to, you know, just obviously be the best athlete that I can be that really, it, it, like anytime I talk about like being an athlete, like I just, I automatically think of my dad. Yeah. Um, he's, he's done so much for me. Um, especially in my younger years when I think it's the most important, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. before high school, you know, just, just learning to just love the sport for what it is and not really worrying about anything else. Uh, not worrying about, you know, points, not worrying about scholarships, not worrying about like just going out and playing and having fun and just working as hard as you can. Yeah. Um, I think my dad really brought that out in me a lot. Um, if I was to pick a couple players, um, I don't have any specific soccer players. I mean, I was a fan of like Ronaldinho and, um, I like Messi because he's he's such a small guy and, and such a big sport now. Yeah. Um, I love Ronaldo. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the big soccer guys, but on the basketball side of things, two guys really stand out to me. Uh, when I was growing up, I was a big fan of Duke and J.J. Redick. Uh-huh. I am still a big fan of J.J. Redick. He's still he, relevant. He's still, he's well, he's still, still relevant, relevant in the NBA. He's such a, he's such a good teammate. Um, he, he gets the game. He's a smart player. He obviously can shoot the ball super well. He knows his role. Um, and that, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest things with coach K, you know, is, is know your role. And, um, so when I was growing up, I mean, JJ Redick was in his prime. Mm -hmm. I was like 13, 14 years old. Like just, I want to go to Duke. I want to play at Duke. 
And even before all the Steph Curry, th- you know, stuff, you know, he was the three-point shooter. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously you had your Ray Allens and your Reggie Millers, and, you know, if you want to go all of it way back to the 80s, you know, you had your Larry Birds. But, like, J.J. Redick, you know, in the college scene really, from what I remember, was just, like, the biggest thing. Yeah. And the other thing that people don't remember is, like, how much hate that J.J. Redick had. Mm. Like, if you think about recently, like, Grayson Allen, how much hate he got, like, triple that quadruplet like 10 times more jj reddick got so much more hate and yet he still performed the highest level yeah he's best players in college basketball um and you know his, his just grit and just like the love of the game and obviously you know i love to shoot i'm a shooter you know when it comes to basketball and that was a big thing yeah and then i think from the competitive side of things my last one would be um kevin garnett okay he, his intensity what, I mean, I was a Boston Celtics fan for about four or five years strictly because of Kevin Garnett. I mean, Kevin, you, you watch Kevin Garnett, it's unbelievable. He is the most intense, most serious, uh, just just most competitive player I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And, you know, I'm watching all these MJ series. You know, they have this new documentary, The, the Last Dance. Oh, I was going to get to that. Don't oh. worry. <laughs> it's, it, it's amazing. And, you know, I think about, you know, Kevin Garnett and, you know, obviously you, you see all the, the competitive spirit, you know, through MJ, but I just remember watching Kevin Garnett, like every, every, every time before a game, he goes up against the, uh, the basketball hoop and he punches the, <laughs> the, the padding and he's yep. just like all serious. He's all ready to go. He's just, he's just business at all times. And that is, that's something I always try and emulate. And, you know, Alexis and Meg, you know this more. I mean, probably you too, Carly. Yeah. Uh, I'm a pretty I'm a pretty competitive person when it comes to anything. Are you yeah, competitive? Much, you don't say you're competitive. No way. <laughs> um, so I think uh, that's a, a, a big, those three, my dad, J.J. Reddick, and Kevin Garnett, really set the stage for me to just kind of, you know, be who I am, not only just as an athlete, but also, you know, as a person. And most importantly now as a coach, because now I get to kind of bring those personalities, merge them all together and exude them and, you know, kind of teach the athletes I, I, I'm with every day and yeah. you know, make them as, as good as athletes as they can be. I guess that was going to be my question um, is how do you guys take your role models from athletics and try and fit that into your now coaching style um and transpose that into working with your clients and your athletes who wants to go first alexis you've had <laughs> you've had some time off alexis it's yeah, your yeah. turn on the hot your seat turn. Yeah, your turn on the hot seat i mean really i'd say that you know most of my Role, model, role models, I guess, are pretty wholesome, hardworking, honest people. And I think that's, you know, sports are more than just athletics. Do you yeah. think and, that there's a person that also influences the way that you coach? Person? Yeah, not just traits, like a, like an actual person. My dad. <laughs> well, <laughs> my parents, honestly. My parents, you know, from the time that I started playing, it was just, you know, they pushed me to be, to work hard. It was my responsibility. If I didn't do well, it wasn't anybody else's responsibility. And, you know, I try to, 
instill that in my athletes that, you know, like if they are complaining about a coach, if they are complaining about another teammate or player, they feel like they haven't gotten the recognition that they deserve. It's just like, well, work harder. You know, it's, it's nobody's fault, but your own. And, And I think hard work paired with, you know, just being a good person really helps you get there, you know, get to the recognition. It just having those values, I guess, kind of, kind of sets you apart and nobody wants to have a crappy teammate, you know, so you could be the greatest athlete. You could have all the talent in the world, but if you're a bad teammate, nobody wants you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, even though both of you are your own individual bosses and owners necessarily, in quotations, you still are part of a team, a larger team. Um, and being someone that is a shitty person or, you know, not a team player, that can really put a, put a, you know, a, a hardship on the, on the rest of the whole IFS team. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, sports, like sports mirror life, you know, like anytime, anytime a kid is upset about something or, you know, either upset or happy or frustrated or confused, you know, we, you just kind of have to relate it to life. Like this is like, okay, you don't know, like you hit the ball hard four times and you only got on base once, you know, like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to work really hard in life and you're going to feel like you did really well, but you're going to get shut down more often than not. And yeah. It's just preparing you for real life, so. I also want to mention, um, I don't know if we mentioned this at the beginning, but both of you guys also are still coaches. So not only are you managing clients and coaching clients individually, but you each have a team that you're working with as well. Um, You know, Alexis is the, the varsity women's softball coach at Eden High School, and Kyle is the head coach of IFS Elite, which is, well, there's two programs, actually. There's a 16U and a 14U AAU program. So you guys not only have to be able to translate this stuff to individual kids, but also groups. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, same question. How do, you, how do you take your role models and turn that into your own coaching philosophy? Yeah. Um, I, a lot of it relates to what Alexis was saying and that, for me, coaching is all about, you know, getting the kids to become the best people that they can be. You know, obviously we want to win. Obviously we want them to, you know, we, we want to help them become the best athletes that they can. But first and foremost comes characteristics. You know what I mean? Like your character is everything. Um, no matter, like it, it just, it, that's what comes out in play when we're actually out on the court or out, out on the field or wherever, wherever we're playing. And if you don't have, you know, if you can't face adversity, um, if you can't, you know, build someone else else's confidence and be a good teammate, if, if you're, you know, just all these different personality traits, if, if you're not teaching them to these kids, it's, it's not going to help the team and it's not going to help them individually. And then furthermore, you know, which is again, the most important part is, making them the best people that they can be the best person that they can be. And there's just nothing more important than that. I, I, it's, it's just very, very simple. Yeah. And that's what I always come back to. 
Uh, I can teach and I, I can teach the skills. I can teach, you know, all details of the game, but it, at all times, it's just going to come down to your character, your effort, your hustle, your hard work, your, you know, your work ethic. And that's, those are the biggest things. No, no matter how much skill you have, talent, it, you gotta, you gotta couple it with, with your effort and your character. That makes a lot of sense. And also something that you mentioned earlier, I mean, my dad was probably my largest influence on how I coach. Uh, my dad was also my coach until high school. Um, you know, I didn't play many other sports besides baseball pretty much until um, until high school because there was really no opportunities for us in Alden. I was always too large to play peewee football. Um, when I was eight, I would have had to play with the 13-year-olds because of my size alone. Um, there was no other programs except for baseball. Um, but I remember my dad literally stopping almost after every single time and explaining what happened, how to make it better, you know, what you guys did well, what you guys did wrong, but also highlighting what people did well more than anything else. Because if they don't know what they did well, then you're not really educating young kids on how to do them better. And with working with kids, too, you have to put things in a positive perspective because, I mean, this research has proven that kids are going to respond better to positive reinforcement like if you give them just negative after negative after negative they're going to shut down and i think that what both of these guys do a great job with is you know really uplifting their athletes and you know making them excited and making them feel good about themselves and that's why they keep coming back the phrase of go take a lap has um uh been very outdated for a long time uh, and that's not a way of uh reinforcing kids to do things well yeah I think the one the one biggest takeaway that I've had so far, um, and I've actually learned from Maggie, is uh, the sandwich. Yes. Um, and I, I say this all the time. I say this to everyone because it, it works. <laughs> because it's a positive, then you give a critique, and then you end it with a positive. Yep. And it works like a charm. I, I can't swear on this, can I? Yeah, you can. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, it, was, it works like a motherfucking charm. <laughs> <laughs> give the kid a, a positive and they're like oh wow that's awesome and then they then you give them a critique and you could do this with an with an adult it's it just works with everyone then they're like oh yeah i could, I could have probably done that better and then all of a sudden you give another positive and like oh yeah nice okay cool i'm doing two things really well yeah but then they ponder what they can be doing better and it's just like it's magic every single time it works yep because they they realize that you know you're on their team you're trying to help them, you know, be better. And you're also trying to, you know, not only just show that the, the, you know, the athlete's doing well, but also that they can still improve and we can all improve and we can always all improve. There's not just like, you, you don't reach a level where you just stop improving. You will always need to improve. Yeah. And, yeah. That, that, and, and the last dance I'm watching this well with MJ, I mean, they're winning like three championships in a row twice. And you could just tell, like, there's just, there's always another level. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> win one championship, well, guess what? We're going to do it again. Yeah. We win a second championship, guess what? We're going to do it again. And yeah. it's, it's, it's unbelievable. So there's, you know, when you instill this type of, like, always, like, self-improvement at all times with being able to accept criticism and, and you know, challenge yourself through adversity, there's, there's nothing better than that for kids. It's funny because at um, our performance facility, this started as a joke with uh, Tom, our other partner, but 
we have this picture on the wall and it's Tom's face with a little word bubble and it says that was almost perfect but <laughs> and I think it has really carried into everything like you you know we want it to be as close to perfect as possible but now let's elevate it to something different and right. yeah, that's coaching that's yeah. successful coaching absolutely all right, I have one more semi-serious question, and I have two questions, um, two questions in general that are more lighthearted. Um, what has now that both of you are, what I would I think Maggie can agree, business owners, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So now that you guys are considered business owners, what do you think has been your one biggest triumph in owning your own business, and the biggest struggle that you have owning your own business? Because both of the, within the year, right? Or two years that they've owned their own businesses? Yeah, Alexis will be celebrating her third anniversary in October. And then basketball is going on two years this summer and team training. And then obviously the facility just opened this past March. So So you guys are just about to hit that. Uh, Alexis, you're at that hump of like, they call it the, you know, if you can make it within three years, everything is, uh, you know that you're doing things extremely well. Um, and Kyle, you're just about there. So I guess this is still, um, relevant to, to what you guys are doing. So biggest triumph and biggest, uh, struggle, I guess you would say. Alexis, you first. I mean, there's so many triumphs. I feel like every day is a triumph. (laughs) I like, I seriously, seriously, just every day going there. I mean, it's different now. Like the, the hard part about now is like, I can't see my kids. I can't. I can't be working with my kids and I can't be having my teams in every day. And like right now I'd be, you know, hopefully in playoffs with my high school team. But I mean, every day, like just the most exciting day of my life was when we, when we got the keys to the facility, like that was, I've never felt so like full, (laughs) you know? And like, it was just kind of like my dream. So yeah, I mean, every day, every day I walk in there, I feel grateful and, and, um, like it's the best day ever. So yeah. biggest struggle I would say is, I mean, the, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Soft just, toss like, every day. <laughs> What's that? Soft toss every day. Oh yeah. My shoulder starts to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because you're getting old now, Alexis. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm gonna be 26 in a month. <laughs> That's so, when everything starts breaking down. 26. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just, I really appreciate every, every single moment that I'm in there. I mean, there's obviously there's tough times where, you know, you get a parent that might be upset about, you know, how their daughter's doing, or, you know, you might we might have a scheduling issue or something, or you might have a, a kid that's a, being a brat and you kind of have to z- discipline them, but it's, I don't know, the, it's the, the good outweighs the bad always, I would good. say. That means you love what you do. Yeah. Ooh, I love it so much. <laughs> what about you, Kyle? Yeah, I think the biggest triumph was, you know, I think very similar to Alexis, you know, getting the uh, building up and running. Um, I didn't have as much to do with it. I think Tom and Maggie actually have done most of the legwork there. Um, 
but I think that, I mean, it was just, I think it was a long time coming just being on that, like not even a half quart of cement yeah. <laughs> with, with painted lines for, <laughs> I mean, close to two, well, it was two years. Yeah, really. it was. And, um, that was, that was just seeing the whole entire transition of that gymnasium is been unreal just absolutely and i get to thankfully you know i I get to go in there and i get to appreciate it and i just can't wait for the kids to this is for the kids you know obviously it's it's fun for me but it's it's for the kids and i just can't wait for the kids to get in there because it is beautiful (laughs) it's a gorgeous facility and it's been a long time coming so i think that's the biggest triumph um i think the biggest struggle probably uh mind body i knew you were gonna say mind body mind body (laughs) is our billing system and kyle and mind body have a hate hate relationship and i knew as soon as you asked what his struggle was that's what he was gonna say i mean it is a large part though yeah i mean it's a huge part of the business aspect of it now right i mean the administrative side like the the back office hold on hold on i have so kyle and i were talking about this today the thing that i don't like is the computer work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. computer work. That, that's, that's the only part of the job that I don't like. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's it, it sucks. I mean, honestly, because we love working with the kids or adults or training, one-on-one, group, teams, whatever it is. I mean, that's what we love. That's why we got into doing what we do. But it is also 50% of the other side is... The back office, the administrative, the scheduling, the um, dealing body. with other things, mind body, <laughs> what, whatever it is. But that's a huge aspect of still the business, which is you know, which is a big struggle for a lot of people. I'm yeah, not, a, I'm what, not a computer guy. That, I, that, and that is a struggle too. Here's here's okay. Now, now I'm gonna say what's the, the truth what's the is coming out now. <laughs> the biggest struggle is, you know. People only see you having fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, like people only see you having fun. People don't see the the late nights, yeah. the early mornings where you're, or like on your like lunch break. We don't yeah. Know. What's a lunch break? Oh, yeah. What oh, is a lunch break? <laughs> lunch breaks. You know, but like it's on your on your time off or on your weekends. You know, on your su- Sunday evening when you you're communicating with clients or you're, com- or you're trying to figure out a program or you're trying to work on scheduling for the next week like people don't see that so I think the biggest struggle for me is you know trying to get people to relate to um, you know kind of like I, hey I worked I worked 60 hours this week and they're like what you only you only coach four hours a day you only coach six hours a day you hang out in a gym all day yeah. yeah, hang out. That is the biggest thing. You hang out with a, in a gym all day. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, the, my biggest struggle isn't even with the job; it's with trying to, you know, get people to understand that this is a job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just because we love it doesn't mean it's not a job. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I try to keep it as simple as possible for myself, and it still isn't very simple. Yeah. Uh, there's always bumps and. Bumps in the road in that aspect. Yeah, I think I've grown into a an IT position in the company with, uh, <laughs> with all of our... CEO slash IT manager. <laughs> I'm not the CEO. Tom's the CEO. <laughs> I'm the COO. COO. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> but, yeah. You got any other non-lighthearted questions, Mag? Um, I guess my other one that I would want to ask you guys is, um, how is it working with parents? Typically good. Yeah. Typically good. <laughs> I mean, I, the thing is, like, I'm the type of person that I, you know, if I'm around somebody more than, like, three times, I'm like, we're friends now. Yeah. So, it's like, I've built a lot of relationships with a lot of families, and, you know, there's there's a lot of people that I really, really like, and I think just in the sports world, there's a lot of great people. I mean, there's also, in any world, there's going to be bad people, too, but I think I, I love dealing with parents and I love dealing with their kids. Yeah. I think we're, we're especially fortunate with our network of clients and parents that we just have such a good group, you know, like our parents are awesome. Like, like you said, like we've developed friendships with parents over the years and um, I think it helps that Tom is a parent so he can relate to them on that level. But like we, can have conversations with them and it's not this pressured situation of why isn't my kid getting better? It's like, you can have a, a, you can go to coffee with them. Like I know Kyle, you've done that. You've gone to coffee with, you know, some of your basketball dads to just be like, what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on Mm -hmm. this? And I think that is really important to the growth of our company is that we really value not only the experience that the kids are having, but the experience that the parents are having. Yeah, I think the one thing that I would have to say about the parents is, you know, it's, I think, I think coaches make it a problem, whereas, like, I think that what we see within our company is just some parents need more attention, just like other athletes need more attention. And that's, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And the more attention that a parent needs, that's just, it's, it's, it's not like more parents care about their, their kids more, but it's just like, that's how much they care about about their kids <laughs> right and they want the best for their kids so when they're asking about you know this or that and they're on the phone for you for over a half an hour or or if I you know if I go and get a cup of coffee with them it's because of how much they care about their kids it's about them you know really investing in us you know what I mean who are investing in them and uh, you know I, I think that the um you know, when I hear about coaches having trouble with, with parents, I just, I kind of question like, well, why is there a problem? Like, how is it not being solved? You know I mean? It's, you're just, you're just two adults trying to figure it out. Right. So if, 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 if if one parent needs more attention, well, then that's your job to give it to them and, and resolve it. And, you know, obviously just do it to the best of your ability. Yep. And I think that's what we do a really good job of, um, you know, at IFS is, you know, we do that. We go the extra mile. We take our time on a Sunday evening or on a Friday night at eight o'clock when I'm hanging out with friends and I leave the room to go talk to a parent for half an hour. Like that's what we do. Yeah. And it's, it's worth our time though. Like that's something that I'll do every single time, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. no matter what, because that's, you know, that's how much I care about these kids. Um, and that's how much we care about these kids. So yeah. I think that big thing is, is just, you know, some parents want more attention and need it. And that's not, a, that's not bad. That's a good thing. Yeah. Exactly. It's like that with regular one-on-one clients as well. Yeah. You know, I know you guys mostly deal with parents and usually uh, 
more school age kids than college kids. No, they um, get some college kids too. And college kids, yeah. school age and college kids. Um, but adults are the same way. When when they're investing their own money or parents are investing their money, they just want what's best, and you guys just have to, you know, do what you can for that person. Yeah. So I know you had another lighthearted question, right? I have two lighthearted questions. Ooh, two. Two. Uh, first one's a list. I'm a list guy. I don't know why. I'm a ranking list guy. I, I don't know what it is with me. The past three. The past three episodes weren't any indicator of that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> pen and paper lists. This is where it's. Really, rank rank your favorite people in this podcast. Do not do that <laughs> on this podcast or in this room podcast. In, in, this, in this like virtual. My cats don't count. Ah, damn! All right. Well, there goes my top two. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, your top four favorite athletes. Any sport, any uh, decade, any era. Um, not necessarily to be influential, but someone that you just were like, they were a great fucking athlete for this reason. Do we have to explain why? No. No, you can just list them. No. Like someone you think of, like... You know, for example, I mean, I guess this is foreshadowing, but talking about the last dance with Michael Jordan is going to be my next question. But I look at Michael Jordan and I'm like, I don't know if there's a better athlete for me, for me, uh, that I could ever think of. And that encompasses an entire athlete between composure, between drive, between teamwork, between making other people better. I don't know if I could ever list someone as good as Michael Jordan for myself. And I'll just say Michael Jordan, but those are the reasons why. Oof, that's a good one. Um, you can go one and one. Like, you don't have to list four right in a row, but if there are well, a couple I'll that go, come to... Well, I think, I mean, I think two of mine are, like, are the two that I already mentioned. I yeah. think Kevin Matt and J.J. Redick would definitely be in my top four, without a doubt. Um, I think another one... You know, I'm a, like, for me, I, I appreciate everything that Michael Jordan has done and, and, you know, everything that we're learning about his experiences, you know, through the, through the documentary. But I, I am even more impressed with LeBron James, if, if I'm to be quite honest, um, because if, if I am to to talk about, you know, not only his obviously just God-given ability and talent and his just, I mean, obviously you just talk about his statistics, unbelievable out of this world, but he makes, I mean, you think about the teams that he had, mm -hmm. <laughs> compared the, the teammates that Michael Jordan had. Oh, absolutely. It's, I don't even think, you know, I love this debate between the Jordan and LeBron, but I think just be like LeBron is just an all-around better player. And Absolutely, I agree. But even now, I mean, he's 36 years old, and he's still competing for an MVP. <laughs> right. And well, he would have been. And I, I think that he had a strong case to win it this year. Absolutely. And he, I, you know, I, I would probably put him up in, in there because not only are we, if we're just talking about basketball, right? Absolutely. But then on the other side of things, I mean, think about all the things that he's done. I mean, he is such an influential person. Absolutely. Right? He has taken his role 
outside of basketball. And not to, you know, Michael Jordan's fault at all, because, and he even said this in the documentary, he wasn't like trying to go outside of basketball. No. And, you know, he, he like, they, they brought up in the documentary about the North Carolina race between uh, the senators and, uh, or the, yeah, the senator, or no, the governors yep. of North Carolina. I know what you're and talking about. He wasn't, he, he didn't want to give his, you know, two cents about it, which is fine. Whereas like LeBron, he, he's very influential. You know, he, he sends out a tweet and he sends out, you know, any type of information that he thinks is, is worthy for the public to know. Yeah. Like, it, whether you agree with him or not is, is one thing, but it's the fact that he does go out of his way and does things, you know, outside of basketball, which is really important. And, you know, I think a big testament is, you know, the school that he opened up in Akron and all the just, I mean, he makes so much money and he, <laughs> he gives it all away, you know. So I think um, he would be in my top four, yeah. for sure. I mean, Kyle, don't get me wrong. You're talking to probably the biggest LeBron fan in me. I, I absolutely love LeBron. I think LeBron yeah. is probably the greatest athlete the world has ever seen. I mean, my personal opinion. But yeah. I, get, I, I completely understand where you're coming from, which is great because then we'll get to the last dance questions after this. But do you have a fourth or uh, is Alexis ready to go? Alexis okay. is ready to go. Yeah, we could do top three. Yeah, top three. That sounds good. Oh man, I just like I like I like sports. <laughs> <laughs> Alexis is like, like I like everybody. <laughs> but like you know how you talked about Jenny Finch earlier. I mean, I. It doesn't have to be softball. Either. It doesn't have to be softball. I mean, it could be any sport, really. No, um, that's really the only, the only uh, names I know, though. No. <laughs> well, which is great. I mean, no, it was just something I that you care about. I think. I mean, I do like Jenny Finch a lot. Um, Derek Jeter. Jerry Jeter's a great one. Jerry Dieter. Jerry Dieter. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I said her name already. Lauren Chamberlain. She's awesome. She's like, I think she's like a year younger than me, and she's our like, I mean, she she was injured. She ended up having so, shoulder surgery, but she's one of the best, you know hitters of all time mm-hmm. she's really cool she's she's also very like i don't know i think i like anybody that is like um an advocate for women's sports yeah yeah and, you know what was that uh there was a WNBA player that was large in that uh lisa leslie is that a, is that right i think yeah, she was one of the biggest influences definitely. not only in the um She's probably the most recognizable. Yes, name one of one of the most recognizable in women's sports. Yeah, she was. I mean, she was the first woman to dunk. Yep, <laughs> which is a big thing. <laughs> Can't Shaq's daughter dunk now? I saw a video uh, of that. The only woman after her that I know can dunk is uh, Brittany Griner. That's yeah. the only other one I know. She's. I mean, I I've been known to dunk. <laughs> is the rim six foot high? <laughs> <laughs> No comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a lighthearted question for you guys. So, outside of coaching, um, obviously that's your biggest passion, but what is your main passion project outside of coaching? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Kyle, you can go first because I know what yours is. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, you know, if, if you know me, obviously, um, I, I'm vegan and I, I advocate as, as much as I can uh, through my social media pages. Um, and uh, I just, uh, it's, it's a big part of my life. It's a big part of my fitness life as well. I take um, great pride in obviously my nutrition and how it fuels me, you know, for each one of my workouts. Um, and right now I'm, I'm in the midst of kind of, you know, promoting my how to go vegan guide. So if anyone's interested, you know, let me know. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's kind of my big passion project. And I just, I love to help people even, I mean, you know, not even going full vegan, but you know, if anyone has any questions, I, I'd love to just kind of talk about it and, you know, I love feedback and I love to just, I'm a, I'm a helper, so <laughs> I like to help people, and uh, that's my biggest passion right now, for sure. Nice. What about you, Lex? I mean, really, like, teaching is really all that I know. You know, coaching and teaching, like, my mom, she's been a, she's been a teacher, like a, a dog, a dog training instructor, you know, since I was little. I was, like, raised... <laughs> <laughs> with wolves no <laughs> male and was but <laughs> close <laughs> like so we I mean just ever since I can remember I've been in an environment where you know it was teaching and coaching you know even my grandpa he was my mom's mom was a teacher he was an English professor and then he had a um he had his own business it was a ballroom dance and etiquette school that I did go to. Wow. Thank you. Um, but you know, just in, and I got to see him teaching and I got to see my mom teaching and my dad coached me and, and, uh, and mostly softball, but in a lot of different sports. And, and I think teaching and like, like, I think I'm a lot like Kyle and I'm a helper, you know, where it's my passion project, I guess, is other people's passion projects. Oh, <laughs> I, I like that. I wow. That's, that's <laughs> the only way that I can kind of explain it, I guess. You also do... Like, um, I like a lot of different things. I was going to say, you do work with Rick. Like you are teaching with him, so it's not just people. Yeah. It's all... It's like I just... Like that teaching, coaching, helping. Like Riot that is her, her dog, for those of you that don't know. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's the, those are the things like that's, that's what I like to do. Nice. Cool. I have one more, I guess it's not really lighthearted, but it, it's a question I want to bring up because it's uh, a documentary that's been, that's been talked about a lot, especially on all, um, networks and, and companies that have to do with any sort of athletics. Alexis, have you watched any of the, um, last dance documentary? No, I have not. Okay. Have you followed anything about it? I saw the the meme of Michael Jordan laughing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is a good meme. But um, are you familiar with Michael Jordan at all? Like, it, well, besides like his six championships, playing baseball, those Space kind of Jam. Space Jam. Oh, I, I know he was just super intense. So okay, so that that's that's good. That's good enough information to have then. For the question I'm about to ask. As the documentary goes on, you can see that Michael Jordan clearly is probably one of the most intense athletes that you will probably ever come across. I mean, between his outside life, in-the-game life, everything. I mean, he is passionate about one thing and one thing only, and that is purely basketball. 
do you think that a person, not exactly Michael Jordan, but a person who has that kind of drive like Michael Jordan is someone you would want to coach? If so, why? Or not want to coach? And if so, why? I mean... Because that is a large personality. That is, yeah. that is, I mean, it takes a special human. I mean, you look at Phil Jackson. I mean, Phil Jackson uh, has handled some of the best athletes of all time, uh, best basketball players of all time. Um, and it, he's a very special person um, and understands Michael Jordan. I guess, you know, my question is, would you be able to understand an athlete like that? And if you can, would you want to coach or train an athlete like that um, or not? Yeah, I mean, I would never deny the uh, the possibility of coaching a person like Michael Jordan, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I think the intensity, you know, would hopefully make me even more competitive than I am now. I would always, I always love a challenge. Um, I would also love to, like, the one thing that they talk about with Phil Jackson in the documentary is how he also brought in outside um, uh, like outside coaching principles, so mm-hmm. not like you know directly about basketball. Yeah. But he brought those into practice, and I thought that was really interesting. And I would have loved to hear what Michael Jordan thought of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he must have liked them because obviously he was really good friends with Coach Phil. And you know, by by the end, by that last season, right? They called the last season the last yeah. dance for a reason. You know, he's. I'm not, I'm not playing unless Phil's coming back. Yeah. I mean, so obviously he, he was in agreement with anything that Phil did, but um, I would never, I would always, you know, want to be challenged in a way, you know, with, the, with an athlete like that. And I think everyone is challenged with an athlete like that, whether it's just a really intense athlete or just someone that has such a, um, a, like a monumental impact on team. Obviously you're talking about Michael Jordan, which is on a global scale, but if you just take away, you know, even on like, you know, uh, Alexis's Eden team, you know, if you have your top athlete, you know, you're, you're in charge of being a coach and like coaching that ego, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a big part of, of being a coach is controlling personalities. And the one thing that they talk about coach Phil is, is EQ was so high and that's why he was able to control not control but um he was able to coach uh, mj and, and win six championships and control scotty pippen and you know dennis rodman is is a, yeah. such a known personality and yeah. i think it uh i would definitely love the opportunity um i definitely wouldn't say no to that for sure alexa same question yeah i think i feel very similar to kyle i think it, it would take a lot of you know kind of patience yeah an extreme amount of patience (laughs) a lot of patience and a lot of just getting to know your athletes like but you know like for me I coach at a public school I get who I get and a small public school where we don't really make cuts yeah so I get who I get and I you know I kind of have to work with those athletes I can't I can't pick and choose who I get to work with Mm mm-hmm you know, and if I do get a kid with a big personality that's really intense and, you know, kind of start, like, tries to, you know, step to me a little bit, you know, you have to, you have to learn how to control that and, 
and use that energy productively. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, that I, I, I completely agree with both of you. You know, it's just something that you watch this unfold and you don't know the backstory behind. No one knew exactly what was going on during this uh, entire, you know, uh, run that the Bulls had. And to see it kind of unfold is kind of fascinating, honestly, really fascinating. Um, yeah. And it's it's phenomenal. And just to see, I was so young, I think all of us were, and I don't think anyone was old enough to even remember the first 91 Bulls. Um, even the first Carly, three. we're the two oldest ones on this podcast. Yeah, so I'm the definitely one. no one. I don't even know if you guys were born yet for 91 to 93. Um, but I definitely do not remember. And I only remember the back end of Michael Jordan's career. Like, the last championship, um, Space Jam, obviously, and, you know, him playing for the Wizards. And that's, you know, my fondest memories of Michael Jordan. Um, but to watch it unfold, you know, you see this great competitor. And it's just... It's one of, one of those things, does the talent outweigh the ego? And obviously we're in a business where we have a choice, right? With IFS or mustache, we have a choice to say, no, I don't want to work with someone that has that kind of personality. Or, you know, you're, you're not, your money isn't good here or something like that. And, you know, it, even though it might be one of the best athletes to walk into those doors, is it something that's worth the time to invest into that person? But yeah. It, yeah, I think I think another point to that to Carly is it's not only just um, it's not only just whether you can handle it as a coach, but if you're if you're also caring for other athletes, you also have to take that into account. Yeah. So if you if you're thinking about you know like you know like a, a kid coming on whether it's you know on your mustache team or or whether it's you know joining the IFS family, you know it's like, are they going to negatively impact, you know, our, our, our other members? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, so I, I think it's not only just a challenge with, within ourselves as a coach, but also still taking, um, a, you know, in, taking it into a bigger, bigger perspective and, and understanding that, you know, how is this going to affect, you know, other, other athletes, my other clients. And, you know, that's just a whole nother piece to the puzzle, I think. Absolutely. And I agree. It has to work as one cohesive team. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's it, it all has to fit. And it comes back to, you know, Maggie and I have been very full circle people. It comes back to working as one cohesive team. Yep. Yeah, because, you know, at the end of the day, even like, you know, if Alexis or Kyle has a kid that only is a part of their specific branch, if they're negatively impacting, like, Alexis's day or Kyle's day, then it's moving up the ladder. Because yeah. then, you know, Kyle's upset or Alexis is upset, and then it affects, you know, our management team. And then, you know, it's it doesn't affect just the one person in the one branch itself. It affects everyone total. I mean, that's why I leave Leah at the door, you know, any time that I go to work. You know, I just leave her right outside of the door, and it doesn't affect my day. That's why we moved Kyle into a whole other building. <laughs> no, I, built my, I built myself my own building just to get out of yours. <laughs> no, I will say that at the end of the day, um, 
And, you know, Carly knows this because I've told him many a time that I'm very grateful to have both Alexis and Kyle as a part of um, this team as, and as partners, you know. We are partners. <laughs> and then... You can tell that story if you want. We're not going to tell that story. Um, <laughs> so but, it was, it was no, 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 no. We'll save that for another episode. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, there's easy days, there's hard days, there's exciting days, there's long days, but every single day, like Alexis said, is a great day. Just another day in paradise. Yeah. What is it that... Um, Stacy Burr says, Bama says it's. A, she says something like, "It's a great day to have a great day." Oh, That's it's a like, good day to have a good day. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, the branches have historically done well, and it speaks to the work that's being done by both of you guys. So you should be very proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Carly. <laughs> You're welcome. So um, yeah, we appreciate you guys coming on. We. Obviously, Wait, hold on. every single interview that I've been that I've done, like during this these last two months, has been about COVID nineteen. It's and nice to not talk about it, right? There's been nothing. We don't need to start it now, Alexis. Yeah, yeah. we almost got through it all. Poor Carly's stomach has been growling this whole time. Yeah. I'm holding in a <laughs> large, large tooth, <laughs> and. I've been very polite this entire time. <laughs> I don't know if you guys could see me giggling in the screen the whole time, but I was... We were wondering what was going on. <laughs> because I'm sure people are going to be listening, and at one point they're going to hear... Yeah, it's like a low monotone <laughs> stomach growl. So on that note, we gotta go. <laughs> but <laughs> thank you guys very much for, for being on here, and um, we enjoyed talking yeah. with you. Both of you have House of Balls, so nice job. Kyle has... Oh, baby. Yes, <laughs> Kyle's House of Balls, and Alexis has a House of Smaller Balls. <laughs> I have House of Orange Balls and my House of Yellow Balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, well, thank you guys, and thank you to all of you who are listening. Um, I had to get one in so Nate Drillette can complain. Oh, boy, this, this podcast is going south real fast. But uh, thank you, and we will have another pair of speakers next week Yes. Um, that we're excited to bring on. We won't tell you who they are yet, but um, they will be on next. So let us know what you think. Kyle and Alexis, um, you can find them both on um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, IFS Softball, or IFS Basketball, IFS Team Training. And, um, yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. Oh, thanks. All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.